The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And Decision Alberta with Bob Murray. Dr. Bob Murray joining me this afternoon from uh, Denton's, the Managing Director of Denton's LLP Government Affairs and Public Policy Group. Hey, Bob. Hello. All right. What are you thinking day before the election? I'm thinking I'm going to be kind of glad when this is over. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of folks. Uh, and well, it's been it's been really interesting to get through to this point in a campaign that has been so negative. I wanted that's okay. Let's talk about that. You know, it was interesting to listen to Alberta Party leader uh, Stephen Mandel talk this morning on the Jesperson show, and he's been saying it all the way through that this has just been uh, disgusting, and that we need to get back to some civility in in politics. Um, you know, and. And the two main parties here will deny any mudslinging, uh, but I think it's quite obvious that it's coming from everywhere. I don't know how anybody could deny that they've been part of the negative of campaigning. I mean, when the NDP's first salvo on the day the mm. writ dropped was a 10-minute attack ad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't think that we can really play surprised uh, in that. But I think it's, it's this campaign is a product of where Alberta's political culture has been over the last couple of years. Uh, I think it surprised a lot of people that it went so negative so quickly right out of the gate. Uh, which I thought was a really interesting strategic play on the NDP's part, but they really were trying hard to change that ballot question, try to get people's minds away from pipelines in the economy and to turn people's minds toward values, culture, leadership, ethics, etc. And obviously it's it's made at least a little bit of a difference if you look at how far those NDP numbers have come up mm-hmm. in parts of the province, especially around Calgary. Mm-hmm. And Calgary is really going to be the battleground that helps decide. Uh, when you have the UCP support in the rural being very strong, uh, the NDP support in Edmonton being fairly strong, a lot of things are going to come down to what happens in Calgary. There's about a 10-point difference in any of the polls. The most recent poll that was that was out today um, come up. It's tightened up a little bit. Alberta Party falling back off the Liberal Party kind of falling off the, the cliff it, it seems there the cliff I, I, when you were never on I, it. Yeah, they just kind of yeah, I, I'm not sure what that looks like. Um I just have been amazed. I've had this conversation I think with you and with your know, friends and just how divisive politics has become over the past, certainly the last federal election, um, the American election, uh, this election, we've seen stuff in in Ontario uh, as well. I, and I just don't know when when the hell we got to this this point that that this was okay. Well, politics has always been a blood sport. Mm-hmm. It really always. You really can't look at any election uh, anywhere in Canada probably ever without seeing something that you mm-hmm. cringe a little bit at. I think that this is amplified tenfold by social media. Yeah. And that now uh, these campaigns are being run as much online as they are in practice with the candidates being out. And it's not just about the party messages, it's the spinners, the mm-hmm. influencers, mm-hmm. and then the trolls. Mm-hmm. And then the way things take off, and, and you know, I've said very clearly to you in the past, Jay, that it, you know, social media brings out the worst I think in our political culture, it brings out the worst in people on a regular basis, I think, in some ways. But uh, it really does help bring amplify some of the nastiest and craziest voices uh, in, in some of these situations. And I think this campaign, we knew it was not going to be very friendly uh, by virtue of the back and forth between the UCP and the NDP since the UCP had merged. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and I don't think fault lies on one side or the other. I think both have been equally as nasty mm-hmm. back and forth. And now this is just kind of the culmination of that tension about uh, both sides feeling incredibly deeply uh, about their respective visions for the future of the province. And I think both sides are really duking it out uh, because they are passionate about those respective visions. And they're very different visions. They're diametrically opposed. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's what we're really seeing playing out in front of our eyes right now, where both sides feel that they are fighting for a a way of life in Alberta and what that looks like, uh, how that manifests itself in the votes coming out, but also what happens after the election, regardless of who wins. So, you know, if the UCP does end up winning potentially a majority government, what happens to the NDP? But more than that, what happens to the middle? What happens to the progressives that then may not have a home? Do they realign back in the center or does the NDP still maintain those people? What would the UCP do to reach out to the other side? Because you can't just represent a fraction of the people that actually elected you. We've seen what happens when that, with that in, in the US, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. where you have a president only playing to his base. That's really all he cared about, really, since the 2016 U.S. election. So what would the UCP do to try to bring the province together? Or would they be content to simply govern by their base if they have a majority government? And same on the other side. If the NDP somehow is able to significantly make up ground and surprise everybody tomorrow, even with those la- their latest polls are showing, what are they going to do to reach out to the rest of the mm-hmm. province that says, you know what, this is we don't necessarily agree. So I think both sides, have whoever wins government coming out of this election has work to do to try to heal the wounds of the campaign, but to try to bring Albertans together. Yeah, and you know, and I know I was just reading an article about that the other day, and I was watching on, you know, going back to a number of points here on social media today, on Twitter, a guy from his doorbell cam was able to actually record someone coming up onto his lawn who also had a bunch of other uh, signs, and uh, removing his sign right off the lawn, right? And we've seen the damaged signs, we've seen the vandalized cars, we've seen, I heard someone saying that, you know, that, that there was arguments, you know, verbal arguments breaking out in, in, in lines in some spots where people were, were going to pull. And, you know, not witnessing it firsthand, uh, you go back again then to social media and then you have to realize all that noise that is amplified there how much of it is actually true how much of it is is real and um, you know those folks who like to get their knowledge from memes or just following certain people whatever you know how that eventually will I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is just I, I've been amazed. I've been amazed by the divisiveness, and um, I'm not sure that it's going to settle down after tomorrow night. Oh, I no. think it's going to get worse. No, I, I absolutely think it's going to get worse. The, the losing party supporters mm-hmm. are likely to go ballistic online. I mean, we're going to see, and then it's going to be this idea of the resistance is what I think we're going to see. They're going to posit themselves as if it is a UCP victory tomorrow, uh, by the end of the week, uh, I think we're going to see a significant portion of people say that it's their duty to resist a UCP government's mandate, etc. And I think it's predictable. Uh, I think we're going to see it anyway, but I got to tell you, I don't think it's going to do very much to try to bring the province together. But I think that's why I think it's very much the responsibility of the new government, regardless of who wins uh, this election, to try to find ways to govern from a position that appeals to all Albertans, mm-hmm. not just those that support a particular platform. Um, in, the, in the recent polling, and there's been some talk about this, you know, again, on both sides, both parties have had um, some scandals around them over the, the past few months. It seems we, um, there's been a little, I don't know if it's more attention, but more occasions of them in um, the UCP camp. We've been talking about bozo eruptions, that sort of thing. Um, 
the support is sticking with uh, Jason Kenney despite these eruptions, as we, we've called them. Um, um, it, it doesn't seem to be making a difference. It's like, no, people are, 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 are saying, no, it's jobs in the economy, let's do this. Yeah, I don't know about that, Jay. I think no? uh, if we look at how far the NDP numbers have come up, I think those things okay. have had a difference, been making a difference. Uh, I think uh, if we had another few weeks in this campaign uh, and th- we had results of certain investigations, whatever, I think we'd be possibly mm. talking a little differently. So uh, I do believe that these various things have been having an impact on the UCP's numbers and also the NDP numbers coming up. Uh, in some places, especially in Calgary, where that gap has narrowed fairly significantly from where they started at the beginning of the writ. Uh, but Ultimately, I think what's there was such a significant show of support for the UCP going into this campaign, uh, and you know everybody think, thought it was a <laughs> foregone conclusion. But yeah. I don't think that if we had re- if we rewound a few weeks and said to people, "This is where the final numbers are going to be," I think a lot of people would be quite surprised mm-hmm. if they saw the numbers where they are today. So I think those various issues have definitely had an impact. I think uh, the outcome of the debate, uh, you know, Ms. Notley needed a knockout blow at the debate. It did not did happen. not happen. Uh, and in, in fairness to all of the candidates that the, the format of that debate was horrible. Nobody could win in that that format of the debate. Uh, and so she certainly wasn't able to achieve that. And the when we look at the, what the polling is telling us, what people are thinking about going into the last day of the campaign, they're thinking about the economy, they're mm-hmm. thinking about pipelines, they're mm-hmm. thinking about jobs, which is exactly the type of ballot question that Jason Kenney has wanted from day one. When you look at um, kind of how the numbers um, are, are shaping up in Edmonton compared to Calgary, and you look at what's uh, a really a real strong support for the UCP in Calgary, you look at Edmonton, and it still looks like it's a very strong NDP uh, playground right there. What is the, how is it that that happens? You know, when you have these two major cities in one province that are so diametrically opposed when it comes to the politics of it all. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, completely different political cultures, completely different workforce, completely different economy. Mm. You know, uh, we are a, Edmonton is a public service city. Mm. Right? It's also more of a blue-collar city. Uh, so, I mean, you have more of the white-collar corporate headquarters in yeah. Calgary. Uh, so you have very different uh, political cultures in each of the cities, and that goes into where their preference is going to be. Uh, if you look at the NDP platform, it's very much about uh, spending and growing government, keeping mm-hmm. government in business and growing government. Uh, and if you look at the UCP platform, it's uh, looking at trimming the size of the public service. And so by doing that, of course, it's not going to play that well in Edmonton, where the Edmonton economy is heavily reliant on a functioning, thriving public service. Yeah, and you know, you have a lot of you know oil companies, you know, head office in Calgary, and they've rightfully ticked off that um, you know just the way the situation is there, that there's no pipeline, there's no there's no stamp of approval on that pipeline. I know uh, Notley's saying today that she's expecting that any time now, but it's anytime, 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 right? It's you know, it's in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the mail. The letters in the mail. So yeah, it's just uh, it's it's been fascinating to watch and I think um, a lot of us are going to be glad when it's over. So when okay so Notley said today that uh, or yesterday if she doesn't form the next government that she will stay on as an MLA um, I'm thinking that that's almost a, a must given well you know there's a, there'll be there's a there's a lot of speculation there's a number of cabinet ministers that will get back in that will will keep their seats but to have her voice 
in there as opposition would be important for that party. Certainly in the short term, for sure. I mean, yeah. what, the, what this campaign has shown is that the NDP's brand is Rachel Notley. Yeah. I mean, she is the party. She is the face of the party. She is the face of their signs. Uh, and everything was really built around uh, Rachel Notley being that very visible figure leading the movement and leading the charge against what the other side was trying to portray. So if, they, if the NDP goes from majority government to opposition and then would lose Rachel Notley, I think you'd immediately see the really the coalition that is formed under an NDP banner start to fracture. Mm. And the last thing that they would want is to see an internal leadership race really early, I think, that would possibly serve to damage that coalition that's been created that's helped to grow the size of that party into being seen as a progressive alternative rather than a traditional NDP party in the way that we perceive NDP parties in other provinces like BC and Ontario, for instance. What does a Jason Kenney, Alberta, uh, what does a, a Premier Jason Kenney, uh, Kenny's relationship with Ottawa look like? Oh, I, I think it's going to be strained uh, very quickly. Uh, but what I think is going to be interesting is we hear a lot of the uh, fist pounding and we hear a lot about the Trudeau-Notley alliance and we hear about turning the the pipes off and, and everything else. Um, but Mr. Kenny has also governed in Ottawa mm -hmm. for what a, a better part of a decade. Uh, he was a senior cabinet minister. So whether or not, I, I guess the question is how much of what we hear on the campaign trail is theater versus how much would be carried forward if he's to form government and actually has to try to get a pipeline built and has to try to advance Alberta's agenda, not only on the, uh, you know, the internal national stage, but also on the global stage. And there are a number of links that lead through Ottawa in order to get some of those things done. So uh, how it is that he would be able to advance Alberta's agenda while simultaneously not, uh, as he says, you know, bending to Tr Trudeau's agenda would be really interesting and to be able to, to find that fine line as to where that would be. Bob Murray joining me in studio this afternoon. A couple texts uh, coming in on the old text line that you can get a hold of me anytime at 630, 630. Chris from Lacombe says, hey, what do you think about the possibility of a, mi of a minority government? Is it possible? Is and it don't say it's always possible because I know you. <laughs> well, it is always possible. Uh, based on what the numbers are showing right now, um, it would have to be a really strong NDP showing in Calgary uh, to be able to pull that off. Uh, and the question then becomes, would you be, depending on what that final vote count and a seat count would be, who would hold the balance of power to be able to, uh, you know, as the third party to allow one party to be able to govern? So it's always possible. It's always possible. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, oh, you know, know okay, I, I know. All right, you know I hate predictions. I know you you do hate predictions, but I always I would have say to the ask. numbers right now are showing that uh, the likelihood is an, a UCP government. Mm -hmm. That's what the numbers are showing. That's not a prediction. That's just what the numbers are showing from the polling I saw this morning. Will Stephen Mandel win his seat? Uh, well, we've seen a fairly significant advanced voter turnout uh, for that riding. Mm -hmm. um, some people are attributing that to Stephen Mandel being in that riding, but I think there's also, it's noteworthy that a, the UCP are running a, a high-profile mm -hmm. candidate there as well. Uh, and so, uh, from all indications, uh, I am skeptical. Skeptical. Uh, <coughs> excuse, excuse me for a second. <coughs> Edmonton Meadows with Len Rhodes. What do you think is going to happen there? I, I think. I mean, I think they, they they put him in. I mean, Len Len's got Len brings a lot to the table. Um, obviously, with a business background, all that sort of stuff. And sometimes I think they just you know, put him in there because they thought it was a guaranteed win. But 
I don't think any Edmonton seat is, is a guaranteed, guaranteed win for the UCP. Mm-hmm. I think the, if the UCP do win any seats in Edmonton, they are going to be hard-fought victories. And there are some high-profile star candidates that they have been focusing on in Edmonton. And I think certainly that's one of their highest profile. Uh, but I think every UCPer is going to be in tough in Edmonton. What do you think it's going to mean if, yeah, as you were saying, every, any UCPer you know, in tough in Edmonton, if it goes NDP, if Edmonton goes NDP, what does that mean for Edmonton at the table? Um, you mean if we have a UCP government? That's but, right. But Edmonton yeah. is NDP. Yeah, well, circa 1990s, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, a real interesting challenge on two fronts. First, how a Jason Kenney government would still consider Edmonton and make sure that Edmonton's feeling the love and Edmonton doesn't just get left out in the cold, mm-hmm. which is certainly what's happened in the past to Edmonton's detriment. And secondly, how Edmonton comes together, whether at the municipal level uh, uh, or whatever else, to be able to advocate for its own interests and mm-hmm. who would then take on that mantle to being Edmonton's voice uh, with the provincial government, uh, knowing that the opposition might dominate Edmonton. The Liberal Party here in Alberta down to 1% now I think was at uh, about 2% support the latest numbers from today show 1% they went down 50% man they lost 50% of their support provincially well Again, uh, regardless of what happens after uh, tomorrow, I think there's going to be some really interesting soul-searching in the middle. And what the, the, the center of Alberta politics looks like moving forward, are we really going to be a two-party system, or is there going to be a possibility of some political realignment, uh, well, depending on the Wasn't that what we were tomorrow? hoping? That's what a lot of folks were hoping with with the Alberta party, right? Well, I think a lot of people assumed yeah. that was going to happen, and it certainly has not. Though their numbers have gone up yes. in the last week or so, but it uh, certainly hasn't happened to the extent that they were certainly hoping for, and that a lot of people assumed... Uh, might happen. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if a UCP wins, do the more centrist progressives stick with the NDP or do they start finding a new home? And if somehow we have the NDP pull things off tomorrow, uh, what happens? Does the big tent UCP stick together uh, if they are forming opposition again? Oh boy, oh boy. Um, Full coverage tomorrow uh, starting, well, on Global News and on 6.30, Chad, Decision Alberta. You're going to be a part of it. I know we'll be chatting between the, I'm calling it the pregame show like uh, between six <laughs> between six and seven. Uh, then you're uh, on uh, the panels as well over at Global Edmonton. Bob Murray, always great to have you in. Thanks for your perspective. Thank you. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.